Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray for the About Last Night podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the show, giving us those five-star ratings on iTunes and and uh, your comments. Uh, man, some killer comments lately. I, I'm going to start reading some of these in the next few episodes. They're... Uh, they're really beautiful and heartfelt, and we really appreciate it. Um, fans of the week from the last uh, episode, you got to shoot me an email about last night pod at gmail.com so we can send you your free ale and merch. Um, and thanks for listening. Uh, a lot of dope episodes we've uh, had in the last few weeks. Susan Sarandon, Goo Goo Dolls, Melissa McCarthy. Brent Morin's seventh appearance has been, uh, been very well received. So go back and listen to all those episodes on iTunes. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and comment on the iTunes page. Um, uh, today's episode. Holy shit. Um, I don't know if you ever watched Distraction on Comedy Central or you're just a fan of amazing stand-up comedy. But our guest today, one of the biggest comics in the world, um, he has a new Netflix special out called Funny Business uh, right now that you can get on Netflix. Um, he tours all over. He's about to start a, a big American tour in the U.S., which he's just kind of peppered in for, for festivals here and there. But um, if you're a fan of comedy, you know him. He's, he's one of the best. He's known for his amazing deadpan delivery and one-liners. And I'm talking about the one and only Jimmy Carr, baby. Holy shit. How do we get him on the podcast? Well, Brad has done shows with him in Montreal, did a show with him while we were in Austin at the Moon Tower Festival. And, uh, and he was kind enough to, to record an episode in the lobby of our hotel. And... Uh, Shit, man, it was awesome. The guy's the man. From from how he started comedy in London to how he uh, he did some shows called like 100 like worst pop stars, kind of like the the English version of of you know best week ever or, or I love the 90s shit like that. And he got his start on those. And um, his story where he grew up being a funny kid in elementary school to transitioning to comedy in the U.S. and um, Dude, he, he's just so funny. He's one of the best, and uh, if you haven't seen him live, hopefully you get a chance to when he comes to your city. Um, I don't want to keep this intro too long. I'm trying to keep him shorter per some of your guys' <laughs> very combative tweets, but uh, but I read them and take them in. So uh, Anyway, enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun. Jimmy's the man. Follow Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy Carr. Follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at Funny Brad, and go see Brad May 20th. Through May 22nd at uh, the San Jose Improv in San Jose, California. Get your tickets uh, at improv.com. Uh, I will be in Las Vegas headlining the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana Casino May 23rd through the 29th. Very pumped about that. Uh, come out and see me. It's Memorial Day weekend. So come to Vegas, come party, and come see me at the Laugh Factory at the Tropicana May 23rd through the 29th. Tickets at adamraytv.com. Also on May 20th, I'm sure you know, I'm sure you've heard, Brad Williams, his second Showtime special, Daddy Issues, premieres May 20th on Showtime. Uh, set your DVR and, and watch Braddy crush it. I was there live, I opened for him, I introed him on stage. Uh, it's It was an amazing thing to watch, and you guys are going to love it. Uh, we will we'll be releasing next week a bonus backstage episode that we recorded uh, pre-show with, with myself, Brad, and his manager, Barry Katz, uh, two-time guest of the ALN podcast. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, watch Brad's special, May 20th, Daddy Issue, Showtime. Uh, of course, ALN merch, estoymerchandise.com, E-S-T-O-Y merchandise.com. Get all your merch, bring it to the shows. We'll sign it, mugs, posters, hats, whatever you guys want. And you could uh, have a chance to become fan of the week with all your ALN support. Um, and of course, Separation Anxiety, Tuesday nights, TBS, 10 p.m. Please tune in. Uh, it's going to be uh, uh, a great handful of uh, episodes to close it out. So tune in, DVR, TBS, 10 p.m., Separation Anxiety, Tuesday nights. Um, I, uh, I got another show I just booked, actually, uh, a Hank Azaria baseball show for IFC. Um, that is, uh, I'm going to shoot in Atlanta for five weeks. I'm really pumped. I'm going to play a, a baseball player on a Hank Azaria comedy. I'm so pumped. <laughs> I, just, I just found out last week, so... I'm telling you guys. Anyway, it's going to be awesome. More details to come on that. Brad's uh, uh, Netflix movie with Christopher Guest, Mascots, I think, is coming out soon. Some more details on that. But um, for now, now that we got the Twitter handles out of the way, those are the tour dates. Those are the merch infos. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the Battle Last Night podcast with the one and only Jimmy Carr. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat. Why don't you see? 
Where uh, where do you stay when you come to this festival? I'm I'm in I'm in this hotel. Oh, are you? Oh, nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, mediocre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've 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 bragged to me of your uh, condo in London. So does this like the, the is, is this condo? <laughs> condo. Just remember that. Yeah, it's a fucking mansion, son. <laughs> Um, I don't know, flats, is it a mansion? Seen, I, suppose, a- I suppose if you ever go on cribs, there's a chance it might actually be a crib. <laughs> you might be the first person in cribs to actually sleep in a crib. <laughs> you, really, you should book an episode just to do that. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, I just revealed to Adam, and I forgot about it, that I actually once slept in a drawer. Uh, not, when ba- now, not, not, not when I was adorable. a baby. You are adorable. But like in college, uh, they, there, was, there was no room on any beds or couches so someone pulled out a big drawer threw down a sheet and i just hopped in that's one of the benefits i gotta uh, assume is like you can sleep anywhere we're portable <laughs> we're portable <laughs> we're pro- are you, are you portable humans i was looking at that little thing because i was flying a lot the last little while mm-hmm. and american airlines have got this sort of baggage thing where you can tell how big your hand luggage can be that you can you can take it on yeah right are you hand luggage <laughs> because I, question, I just wonder right? if i'm flying yeah could i put you in a hold all and just, yeah. I mean, th- to me, that that would almost be better than a first class seat if I got that entire overhead storage bin. <laughs> you could stretch out. Yeah, I could stretch out. Yeah, no, no, no uh, reading light. <laughs> you know, I'd be I good. I would like to just once, I think, as a as a gag, yeah. do that. Take you on as carry on. <laughs> like, get, get nobody's going to stop. You need a pretty big guy to put you in a rucksack, but just to go look. Can we just? Yeah, I mean, now, now, now would you put me on the X ray thing? Would I put you on the X ray thing? No, yeah. or you check them. Uh, yeah, CSA. All, but I'd also. Check you're okay. <laughs> While we did that, I would just I'd put you through there and go, yeah. Can we just check these? <laughs> now, now you you love these festivals. You, yeah, I do like yeah. the festival. I mean, I haven't been to this one before. I normally mm-hmm. uh, I love Edinburgh and I love uh, Montreal. Montreal is really my favorite, just for laughs. Uh, but this is lovely. It's a lovely thing to kind of come off the road and suddenly you come down and I bumped into Jim Norton for breakfast with him and you're on a podcast and you're doing a radio show and it's it, like comedy camp, right? Yeah, and it does feel like we're all you know the fellow travelers i really yeah. like mm-hmm. that idea that we're um you know the best my favorite description of comedians is in a room of you know 300 people with one person facing the wrong way <laughs> that <laughs> is that's it pretty accurate that we're yeah kind of they're, they're, we're a little bit off we're all a little bit off and it's nice when we come together yeah mm-hmm. it almost what? feels very special so it's like it's like sharks we're on our own most of the time and then occasionally we yeah get together to mate <laughs> you say <laughs> you I'm say fuck brad in a minute <laughs> The first live on air fuck. I mean, I mean, we ha- we haven't done that before, but no. I think we could use the ratings boost. Well, this hotel seems don't. very uh, fuck friendly, if I can say that. It seems fuck friendly. Yeah, <laughs> the lobby, but, uh, fuck friendly for you guys to, oh, you know, uh, penetrate yeah. each other. Yeah, cool. <laughs> this, if you're going to penetrate each other in the lobby, I would say this is the lobby. Well, maybe not. You just said it was mediocre earlier. <laughs> yes, have, <laughs> not, it's an odd line of questioning. <laughs> Have a, wait, you I realize I realize sort of the rules of improv is we should <laughs> never say no, but I'm going to say no on that bit. You, that's a that's a hard pass for me. Brad and I were just talking about Edinburgh because I went um, for six weeks with. Uh, and you uh, still you went to where for six weeks? Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Yeah, to, to Edinburgh. no no Edinburgh, Edinburgh. Let's get it right, shall we? What did I say? Okay. Edinburgh. Oh, you said God. yeah. Well, Edinburgh. I mean, we 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 we, 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 do, we do have the American accent when we do it. It's, but that but that I but like that's the accent down here. They don't pr- they, you don't pronounce the a in Texas. No. They just go Texas. America. Yeah, America. America. Texas. America. Yeah. Yeah. America, I'm fixing to go boot scooting. <laughs> Jesus, who says that? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> Would you have a favorite American accent? Um, it's uh, yours. I like that. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I don't know. I think that, that Southern is kind of beautiful. Yeah. I read a thing once that said that the, there's areas of Louisiana, like up to about 100 years ago, where they were speaking Dickensian English. Wow. Those small pockets where the accent really Whoa. hadn't changed that much. There wasn't enough. Because the reason accents change, I think, is because different people move in. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it changes the, the, the makeup and accents kind of. Because the American accent's new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, yeah. we, we all came from uh, the motherland. Well, Britain. Well, mm-hmm. we did. But I mean, presume you came from Narnia. <laughs> <laughs> what, tree, what tree did you fall out of? <laughs> it was enchanted. 
Let's be honest. Call sure. Where did spade. you guys meet in Montreal? We met in Montreal yeah. doing the Nasty Show a couple of years ago, which was a phenomenal bill. Looking back on it, it's like... Wait, that was the first time when I was there. That was yeah. the first time you met? Yeah, it was yeah. me. You guys you, were phenomenal. It was uh, Bridget. Bridget. Trying to follow either you or Bridget was just like, ah. Because oh. it was such energy in the room, like of the, of the show. Because you know, normally you go and see a comedy show and you go, yeah, I was like five comics. I like the guy with a thing. The guy with the hat was good or whatever. Right. But it was such a distinctive show. Yeah. And Bridget doing, you know, what I got to do. It doesn't get any, doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. Right? It really, yeah. She's so good. She set the a, bar. Yeah. There, there, there's a video uh, on my Instagram of our entire green room in the back w- watching the monitor singing, what I, what I, what I got to do. What I she go into the audience? I think. Dick in my mouth. Oh yeah, I mean she probably yeah. She's doing some face sitting. <laughs> yeah, she's an extraordinary talent. I she think. really yeah. is. Like a, like as a, it's kind of that thing of I think she's from that tradition, but p- where performance art meets comedy. It, right. It, you know, it's really and not to say that in a that would maybe put people off and go that sounds a little bit pretentious. Like the most fun you could have in a room. Oh yeah, like that's the the room is a wreck after after she gets off stage are those the comics and performers like what do you like to watch in somebody that maybe you uh, that you appreciate that maybe I, su- I suppose if I had like a type of comedian that appeals to me it would be tall <laughs> So I like Son a, of a bitch. I like a You're girl. out, bro. <laughs> I get a height on a comedian. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, there's a weird thing. I saw Dimitri Martin play yeah. uh, the other night. We had a show together. And it's a joy oh. to watch someone do sort of one-liners. Because, you know, if you're a one-liner comic, you watch another one-liner comic. It's partly you enjoy it and think, oh, wow, this is incredible. And partly you tut. You can, oh, I should have thought of that. Yeah. Ah, yeah. damn it. Damn it, it, that was right there. I've yeah. said that phrase a million times. Ah, uh, so so occasionally it's nice to like to fully enjoy something that you have you have no skin in the re- in, sure. in the game. Yeah, the idea that you go and see an observational, great observational comic and go, well, this isn't even the kind of thing I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm amazed at how they're spinning this out. I can't yeah. even see where the joins are. Like Bill Burr, are you a Bill Burr fan? Yeah, I really like yeah. Bill. Yeah, when I just it, think you know what? I have an opinion about something, Bill. <laughs> Come on, know, passionate so, about something. Pick a, yeah. a side. <laughs> <laughs> so vanilla. When did you kind of uh, develop your? Um, I remember. I think the first time I saw you um, was on the Tonight Show. But then there's what was a Comedy Central show? Um, Distraction. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, that was yeah. incredible. That was a really fun show. To make. It was a really. We made a comedy show and they cut it as a game show. It's right. quite a funny game show, right. but it was a really funny comedy show. Yeah. The way we made it in the UK because there was much more banter and chatting to people. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like what some like comedy shows miss out on. It's like you want that. Like if you're putting comedians, you want to see, put them in their element to have that banter. But yeah. so the states version kind of stripped. But that well, away. it was kind of it was 21 minutes, 22 minutes. Yeah. I think Comedy Central did a pretty good job with it. Yeah. Uh, but I think it maybe should have been an hour long show and a lot more talking about the people. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, yeah, because that's where the funding comes from. Where did you yeah. develop though the uh, the one lighter like dry? Dead I didn't pen? develop it. That's all I can write. That's For all really? I've got. Yeah, I can't. It, I can't I'm, tell you a story. Wow! I can just see. I'm, I'm I'm always fascinated by that. Like you're always fascinated by people that do something different than you. Yeah. And like we tell story. Like we're more storyteller based. Yeah. You got to wait for shit to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like you, I refuse to wait for shit to happen. I'll, like, I'll write it. I'll make it up. Yeah. You can sit down and with just a piece of paper and a pencil, just create a joke from nothing. How many? I feel like it's the. It's basically uh, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Lawrence Olivier, and the Marathon Man. You know that story. No, no. no. What's so, that, what's so that they're making the marathon man, and uh, Dustin Hoffman has got this scene with Lawrence Olivia where he's got to be out of breath because he's, mm-hmm. he's running and he gets stu- he sees him in the street, and so he runs around the block like five times to prepare for this scene, and then walks up to Lawrence Olivia like out of breath, and they do the scene, and he's still out of breath after the scene, and Lawrence Olivia uh, just goes, "Have you tried acting?" <laughs> Wow! Wow! Really harsh on the method. Yeah, no but if I feel like looking at you guys, I feel like, oh, you just have to look for weird shit to happen in your life. Yeah, to get, it, you have to at some point, you know, you're going to have to have kids on the basis that you go, well, I need another material. Hour. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, going, I, I'm going to Melbourne Comedy Festival next year. <laughs> I need something. I better knock someone up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah no, when your, your girlfriend tells you, oh, I'm leaving you for another guy, you go, mm, okay, no, there's okay. a silver lining here. Yeah, yeah. Could, I can write. Could you, you leave me? Could you maybe? Fax me the breakup, or something, you know, something. I want something that's like a technology from the recent past. Yeah, that seems kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Ideally, can the guy, yeah, can the guy you leave me for be have a great disability of some kind, or like some hook, yeah, maybe, or maybe or an actual hook? Yeah, maybe a yeah, an actual hook. Something, like that. something, anything. Yeah. So, like the way that we're conditioned to, like, uh, after a while, I think just see, perceive uh, things in our own life that you know, and find the. Uh, uh, the absurd in them to then talk about like with the one I mean did you just start one day 
Like, were the people you saw that you go, oh, that's also my style? Well, probably, uh, you know, um, Emo Phillips and Stephen Wright, yeah. probably the mm-hmm. best joke writers, maybe. I, don't, I mean, you know, Mitch Hedberg's very good. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of Mitch when I started, but the, the idea of, like, a great one-liner comic, it felt to me like when you went to see a show, uh, like you would come away from seeing a comedy show, and I would say, oh, wow, there's three brilliant lines in there. He said this brilliant thing, and then a brilliant thing, and then he's just fabulous. And it felt to me like if you could do that in a, you know, it was originally kind of 10 or 20 minute sets. If you could have like mm. just three of those a minute, yeah. it would be like this wave of, yeah. I was thinking from an audience point of view, how you enjoy the show. Yeah. For me, it's about, it's as much as anything, it's about that kind of volume of, of la- big laughs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that you do, though, that I don't see in a lot of one-liner guys is, like, it, it, it seems like a lot of one-liner comics have a script. And they're just hmm. they're just doing that, and they can't really adjust, like because they're just they've got their jokes. But you really kind of read the audience, and uh, you, you will change the act. I kind of think that's why everyone got into this. Everyone that yeah. does this is pretty good. Well, you know, uh, whether it's high school or college or whatever, or in the bar, they're good with people. They're good at making their friends laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems to be that's not to say that if you're the funny guy in the group you can necessarily be a stand-up comedian it's a very difficult thing to translate it's a, it's a slightly different skill yeah. but it feels to me like most of us are pretty good with people so the idea of just taking that skill that's what I've practiced my whole life Okay. Is that, so you were, you were. I mean, this was your your de- uh, delivery, like one-liners. You would do that, like on the playground or in social settings, like. No, but I would have. A, I, I always had a good turn of phrase. Yeah. But I was always very good. At the audience stuff, at like heckling or dealing with people or taking the piss out of people. That is my. That is what I like to do. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a weird. It's a weird thing with. I think men are very bad. Um, a, a little bit emotionally stunted. Uh, no offense, dude. <laughs> <laughs> not literally stunted. Uh, That's the, the uh, medical term for you, emotionally sure. stunted. The, um, uh, but the, we're, we're not great at communicating. And I think, you know, a joke, in essence, is saying to another guy, I like you, and I hope that you like me. That's hmm. what telling a you know, if your dad tells you a joke, that's what he's saying. Yeah. He's yeah. saying, I like you, and I want you to like me, and I want to make you happy. That's what he's saying. But men are incapable. Women will just hug each other. <laughs> but men have got this kind of that's kind of what they're using jokes for that yeah. and, you know making I hope we can both enjoy this together it's kind of a yeah. currency yeah to it, yeah. Like in a slightly different way and and you talk about how you're able to deal with hecklers uh, I told you this this morning but I was fascinated that at, on your most recent special which you can see on Netflix uh, Jim Carr Funny Business uh, it just came out right yeah Congrats. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you very much. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know what? It's great for them, I think. It's just, <laughs> I, just, I really think this good. This is, they're going to turn a corner any day now. Yeah. Um, but like, you opened up the audience to heckle you. Yeah. I, I've never what? seen that. In, yeah, he, you just invited tell, the audience to heckle you. I tell a story, you. and then I say, okay, let's have a heckle amnesty. Just like they sneeze like regular people. Um, <laughs> which one are you now? <laughs> You're doing them all today. You were grumpy earlier, weren't I you? I was. Yeah. <laughs> Going the entire range. I just love it. It's my favorite thing ever. Sneezy. Sneezy turned out. Uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be sleepy right after this. Uh, but then that, that heckle thing of like, okay, if you do a gig mm. like 3,000 people and you're recording a Netflix special, the arrogance to think I'm the only funny person in here. Yeah. Like everyone that goes to comedy, pretty funny. Yeah. Like people that are boring and need comedy don't go. The, the really boring... Oh, I'm kind of depressed. You don't go out and see a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of counterintuitive, but we're always preaching to the choir. I think we're preaching to people that are in a pretty good mood to start with. Yeah, yeah. Nine times out of ten. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a lovely thing to kind of just share that and to have other people join in. It's just it's what, lovely. Do you have a favorite type of, I mean, have you gotten, um, you know, is there a, a certain type of heckler or person or line that I someone's going to... sometimes people get that, sometimes someone in the audience, just the line, uh, the timing is just perfect. Yeah. And I love yeah. it when they just get, they, they win. Oh. They just destroy. You look with it some, when the audience does. Yeah. yeah. Some little line or, you know, you look like a Lego Hitler or something. Some, <laughs> some little throwaway that, comment. And yeah, you just that go, was said. Oh, that was, Lego Hitler? Yeah, he said, so someone yelled out that he looked like a Lego Hitler. <laughs> I do look a bit like a Lego Hitler. There's no, there's no getting away from it. I mean, I'm not denying it. I mean, I, and w- one thing I love what is that. What are you denying? Hang on. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Hang on. Uh, there, there, there's times when someone yells something out and. Like, you just have this comedic poker face where I, like, you have the line and you know it's going to crush, yeah. but then you're, you're like pausing. Like, there was a point in the special where a guy yelled out, uh, you, you look like you just had sex with a pig. <laughs> and you paused and you just had this look like, I know I have it, yeah. but 
you just and, and you do you always have it or even like no. with your yeah no but I mean you I think there's a weird thing about uh, being yeah. on stage where you're thinking at three times the speed there's something about the adrenaline yeah. and that situation where you can just come up with something you're almost saying it before you you get the joke yourself yeah mm-hmm. I've done that a couple of times where I've been quite tired and done a show and kind of done a heckle line to someone and it's been quite funny and I've kind of not really got it but somehow muscle memory just kind of you, you it's like comes from another place yeah wow weird. well your your ability I mean one the first thing I noticed about it is that how like just I guess the the confidence and the comfortability of like in those moments where you don't flinch and it's like your timing is so uh, are like letting, that, are we letting comfortability go as a word comfortability uh, is com- that a word comfortability yeah yeah sure I mean it is now <laughs> we just have to work on a definition for comfortability well I swear yeah, to God that's a word you saw how you saw how Look, good I drank my English the ping was pong this morning game today yeah um, <laughs> how did you do in the ping pong I I got. I won 11-0 my first game, and then wow. I lost 11-4 uh, to four the second game. It's pretty bad. I played I, uh, a guy who was all... Are you a ping pong player? I played, I played in a tournament in, uh, in Thailand, and the girls... They're serious over the there. The girls' serve was just <laughs> incredible. It was, like, it was quite off-putting. <laughs> did she use a paddle? Huh? She didn't use a paddle, did I she? I used a paddle later on that evening, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's why I kind of like that. I, no, like, I, the, I totally believed him for a second. That, yeah, that, no, it's an problem. unconventional serve. <laughs> <laughs> but the way that you, I guess, because that's one of the things that it took me a while to really figure out was um, getting comfortable in the silence. And you're brilliant at that. And I think it's like when even, like you just said, though, like you're not always, it's not always there right away, but trust. You, you, yeah, trust. trust. I've got mm-hmm. a friend, Tommy Tiernan, who's, I think, pound for pound, one of the funniest guys I've, I've ever had the pleasure to see him. He's just incredible. He's an Irish that, comedian. Yeah. And... He does this thing. Now, he's been doing a show where it's entirely improv. Like, he'll do an hour just... And he'll often do a thing in the show where he just goes very quiet and goes, just, Tommy, just wait now. It'll come. And, like, just waits for it to come. Waits for the muse to come. Waits for it just to arrive in front of 500 people. How long do you... Mesmeric. It is. How long do you think it it takes a comedian and then to that, how long do you think it took you to trust yourself on stage fully? I don't... I think it's a... You know, I don't want to sound too kind of too humble because I'm pretty amazing, but <laughs> but I'm also humble. Oh God, I've got it all. Um, uh, but the, but the, that idea of we're getting better—that's the sort of thing you don't realize because you're on TV or you get booked for a couple of shows. People mm-hmm. think, oh, he's the finished product, or uh, you get a special and you think, oh, he's the finished product. And I just, I hope we've got incredible longevity, comedians. So it's chance to Jim Norton. We either die in our forties from drinking drugs, mm-hmm. or we play to win ninety. Yeah, is that crazy? Or your, yeah, or your Don Rickles. Look at how many great comics came came a little bit late to the game. They got super good. Yeah. Louis C.K. was always a good comic, but somehow at forty five, then he, he just, kids, right? He just looked kind of perfect. It, it, I think he grew into his persona. Like it doesn't make sense to have that persona when you're twenty five, right? It's like who's this guy? Yeah. But it's so like to have a bit of experience. Even if you're a one liner guy like me, I think there's potential to just to get better at it as you as you move through life. So you have to grow into a persona. Oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Shit. Right? <laughs> never gonna be good. You're at never this. gonna reach your full potential because <laughs> ah. it's always five inches above you. But yeah, uh, we, we we were talking because Adam saw Martin Short perform here. Oh, how was that? Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, truly inspiring. He's 66, 66 yeah, still relevant. The the entire package of the show was just beautifully put together. He had his the man on the street interviews, uh, you know, uh, the character work, his uh, topical social commentary on the political uh, uh, candidates. It was incredible, and I mean, he, literally, he didn't seem like he he seemed like he was in his prime. And, uh, and you know, he would use some video clips to kind of set up certain moments. And you're like, oh, you were incredible 30 years ago, and you're just as good, if not better, right now. And I think that's, I don't know what you, uh, you know, can uh, well, I mean, it, throw that it, to. It is, it, no, I think that's a really interesting point, though. The, the idea that you would aspire to getting better yeah. in this mm-hmm. business because it's, you know, you're kind of growing up in public and you go, but my favorite bands are bands that get better. You yeah, know, it's that, that thing of like in music, I think, is the, the sort of most the easiest analogy yeah. for what we do and the idea that, you know, you come out the first albums, kind of that's what you're defined and marked against. But then hopefully, you know, it's not everything. Yeah. Not uh, a one hit wonder. Yeah. <laughs> and you've had how many specials now? Nine. Wow. Nine hour specials. Oh, no, most of them are two hours in the UK or 90 minutes in the UK. That'd be a lot longer. Because no that DVD kind of format, the hour... Over here is like over there. You you would want it to be ninety minutes. Really? Yeah. People want more content over I there. Do, or what? Well, yeah. In the UK, I do a two-hour show with an interval, and here it's like they want seventy minutes. Really? Wow. It's a different sort of. 
Where uh, do you have favorite spots to perform at in uh, the UK? No, I mean, I love playing everywhere. I, lo- I love traveling. I mean, I like the idea of going. You, do. I, you know, this year, this is my 16th country this year. So Jeez. I've done Australia, New Zealand, Iceland, Germany, Sweden, Finland, Malta. Just, I mean, everywhere. And now, do you think, what about your comedy and what you do uh, translates and makes it possible for you to do, go anywhere? I think it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, people get, people are quite anglophile when it comes to comedy. People will come out and see stuff. Because obviously, there's no such thing as TV networks in the way that they used to be. It used to be that someone at the network at NBC decided what you were watching on Tuesday night. Right. Said, okay, we're going to put Friends on, and then we're going to put a repeat of this. Great. Yeah, everyone in? Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's what we're watching. Now people watch what they want, when they want. Mm-hmm. So globally, the market is changing. I mean, part of the reason to do the thing with Netflix is you go, it goes global on day one. Yeah, right. It's so perfect. Yeah. It really is kind of mind-boggling to me that anybody would, that has the opportunity to do it with Netflix doesn't. Like, go somewhere else. I think there's still, you know, there's status to doing HBO, mm-hmm. but I don't think people see it in the same volumes. Mm-hmm. No way. And it's that idea as well. You want, you don't want to preach to the choir. You want to convert some new people. That's the whole point of kind of putting out a special. And the idea with Netflix that it feels like it's free. Yeah. yeah. Like anyone with Netflix goes, well, I already own this. Right. And they've just put it on my, it's, it's free. Yeah. It's fun. I bought this for House of Cards, and they gave <laughs> me this stuff as well. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah. But then they might discover it. Have you had new fans come out of the woodworks in the last uh, year that they well, it only went up on March eighteenth. So mm-hmm. I think it'll. I think we'll see. I've chatted to a few people. They said, "Well, it takes a couple of months." But but even from like your live shows or like new countries you go to, I mean, having people come up and say, "Like this is the first time I've seen you." Not so much. Not so far. Not so far. But I mean, everything that was on sale was sold out before it came out. So wow, it serious. feels like. And then you were telling me this morning that the timing of that special could not have been worse in terms of like when you recorded it oh yeah i mean i recorded in hammersmith in london this it's a beautiful i know that is. i studied abroad in london for uh, yeah. eight months I loved okay. it yeah uh, yeah i remember you um <laughs> <laughs> you the guy at the post office i remember yeah. um yeah i was a guy drunk outside the uh regent the park zoo yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um i live just near there i studied <laughs> the british american drama academy up on the top of that hill so oh, really? up, up the hill from camden town like right next to the park you know where it is? Bada. It's called the British American Drama Academy. Come on, where's that? It's up the hill from the park. What? From, so Camden Town, right? Yeah. Straight up that hill. And then yeah. if you were to continue to Regent's Hab- Park. Haverstock Hill. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So, so the past, past Bellside Park? Yes. This is very North London. Yeah. I live in Primrose Hill. Awesome. Yeah. Gorgeous area. In a <laughs> condo. It's a fucking <laughs> no, it's, no, Everything's a mansion to they, you. <laughs> even a drawer. Um, they put so, us in St. John's Wood. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Lovely, yeah. Um, the, I live just off Avenue Road. You know it. Let's not get into this. <laughs> okay. Just Google it. It's a super nice neighborhood. Yeah. Um, so I recorded on the, so on the Friday night, I did a warm-up show. We were just checking out lights yeah. mm-hmm. things. You know, we were just playing the show. So did the show. Great first half. I like, did about an hour and ten minutes. Thoroughly enjoyed it. The interval. Got off stage. Tour manager's like white as a sheet. Saying, saying you've got to see the news, man. And Paris was in the midst of happening. No So the, I did, like, the BBC News was like, this, this is happening. And then there were th- almost immediately kind of threats about, oh, is something going to happen in London? Is this, a, is this a... Because people thought it might be an attack that was yeah. organized and around then, Europe. And then th- th- this is a time where, like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it, during an intermission, no one would find out about this yet. Everyone knew in the but second But everyone night. knew because yeah. they're all checking their phones. Well, then, so that wasn't the night we taped. We taped the next night. Yeah. 20% of the audience didn't come because they were scared to come into London, I guess, or Makes 10% sense. of the audience. But, like, that's, you know, on a sold out show when you're doing your special, you want it to be full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it can be full, be full. I mean, it, it was maybe 10%, it was fine. Yeah. But that thing of also everyone drank too much. Mm-hmm. It, was a re- it was one of the toughest gigs uh, on the tour. It was a real, because people were kind of hammered. And I think it was that they were out and a bit nervous and. Everyone's Take feeling uncomfortable. Why, yeah. why are we going out tonight? Can Maybe I? if we do get bombed, I want to be fucked up so I don't completely feel and notice everything. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Good, good plan. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, so it was weird. I mean, I was, I'm, I'm so pleased with the way the edit came together. And the, so you got through that show, though. I mean, you still... Oh, yeah. There was I, usable... I, it, was a, it was a good show. I mean, I did maybe two and a half hours that night. No because kidding. Because I knew that we... I just want, I wanted to do... I did way too long on every single piece of audience work. Because I knew I wanted that in the in the show. Yeah. So the amount of stuff that we left on the cutting room floor that kind of just didn't feel right, and we tightened it up, and you know. How wow. Do you, how do you remember two and a half hours of one-liners? It's uh, it's my job. <laughs> my, my only job. <laughs> did, did anybody ever uh, bring up the attack during the show, or did you? I mean, uh, no. I mean, I do. I do a bit about um, Charlie Hebdo at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big finishing piece, which is a Charlie Hebdo joke. So yeah, it gets a it gets a mention. Yeah. But I'm. Um, I'm very pro ISIS, so that would be. 
Is, any, is any, does anyone ever go, those guys, come on, they got a bad Come on. Come on They're not that bad. You're seeing it wrong. I Get mean, to know them. Have you seen their videos? Great cinematographers. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Where, where, who had the bit about that? The, uh, <laughs> Dave Chappelle had a great bit about that. Oh, yeah? About watching, watching ISIS videos and just kind of why was he doing it. Like, and what can you do when you watch this? Yeah. Don't like. <laughs> Such a brilliant bit. Is he one of your favorites? Yeah, I saw him last year in Montreal. Yeah. I went mm. with a uh, buddy, and uh, just seeing someone have that much fun on stage is so inspirational. When you see someone on stage, you just go, oh, he's having, he's having more fun than any of us. I mean, he's, right. he's loving this yeah. Yeah. and making himself laugh and just... It, it, he's magnificent, yeah. Now, you have a very distinctive laugh, so when you go to see comedy shows, do do comedians ever call you out because they, they know you're in the audience? No, I, I've, I've gone to see you a lot, but the, my laugh has never really come to play. <laughs> It's always been fine. Um, yeah, occasionally I get like, you know, yeah. it becomes a thing and uh, it's mm-hmm. quite a, a weird laugh. I laugh on an in, not an out. Okay. So instead of ha-ha, it's ha-ha, ha-ha. <laughs> it's a really weird honking goose of a laugh. Do you remember the first thing that made you laugh like really I guess, gutturally? I guess school, you know, that thing of like, oh my God, I'm going to wet myself. It's like, it's too fun. Yeah. That school thing, you know, was. School. Yeah. School was like. You had a blast. Yeah, just people being hilarious. And then, did you? And then, did you always laugh like that, or was that like you did? No, that I think in it was. Like, I think I something? laughed. I laughed like that. My mother had narcolepsy, like a narcoleptic laugh. What? So when she laughed, she didn't make any noise at all, and kind of lost. A, it almost looked like she was kind of having a stroke. She would like just kind of. <laughs> just like, like, is I mom just dying? Like oh no! Much. I just said something funny. Yeah, which uh, you know, it was like she had a weird, <laughs> silent. And she was a hilarious woman, but she had this weird thing. If something got her, she would just... Too <laughs> and that made you laugh? Yeah. That yeah. Was <laughs> Who was the funniest in your family? Her by like a million miles. Really? What was her... Uh... She was just fu- a, kind of a larger-than-life Irish lady, was very... Mm-hmm. Kind of was everyone's favorite. I had a lot of friends when I was growing up that would like... I'd come home from college, and they'd be in my house drinking tea... What? ...with my mother, and you'd go, what? What's she was a great storyteller, or what? Yeah, just, really good storyteller. Yeah. Just really good Charismatic, fun. yeah. Yeah, very charismatic, very fun. Huh. I think that thing of like... We were chatting about it the other day. The people are always psychologists are always looking for unifying factors. Yeah, like what brings all comedians together. I think most comedians I know had a sick parent. Maybe mm. not physically sick, maybe depressed, but they, they had someone in their life when they were small that they needed to cheer up, and laughter had a greater currency as a result of that. Yeah, I, okay. I, I see that in like so many comedians. Yeah. And so who was that for you? Oh, well, I think my mother was a little yeah. bit sad. Yeah. In, in, uh, she was the life and soul of the party, but I think there was a, an undercurrent of, mm. you know, a little bit of depression there yeah. going on. And I think that thing of cheering her up was yeah. an incredible catharsis and the most wow. fun thing. And then when did you make the transition of just making my, I'm still a f- my family laugh? Oh, sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> still a man. <laughs> Um, no, but like, when, when, do you th- when do you think to yourself, I can, I can do this no, as a career? I was career. like mid-twenties. Well, I was 26 oh, really? when I went, oh yeah, I might, I might try comedy. Where, uh, what, what were you doing before then? Working for Shell in marketing. Jesus. Really? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, did you like that? You seem like you'd be no pretty good at that. No one likes that. But you no did it because, what, that. it seemed like the right... Yeah, I was like... You just graduate, you get a job. It was a parent's wet dream. <laughs> I think it was. I think doing comedy was the first decision I made. Like everything else was the line of least resistance. Yeah, okay. you know what I mean. Yeah, I think of like, are you going to do A levels? Of course. Like I finished school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go go to college? Yeah. Which one? The best one I can go to. Oh, I went to the best one. And what are you going to do after? Is going to get a job? Who with? Well, the best, biggest company I can blue chip. I don't know something. Yeah. Yeah. It was the line of least resistance. Then eventually, just ah, I'm done with this. And and folks were supportive. When you no, find- my, uh, my my mother was kind of supportive. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, no. Well, yeah, because I mean, you. I'm I'm assuming you working for Shell. You got a great salary, and then all of a sudden you're not like, that no, great. not not compared to show business. <laughs> Come on, we can be open with people. This is a brilliant. Business. <laughs> well, look at these colorful just, mic just covers we got. Like, you think these were cheap? It just feels like it's a grift, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because what I mean, what they, what no one ever talks about is the fact that, of course, we would do this anyway. If they said, oh, there's no money in comedy, you need right. to work in a 7-Eleven every day, but you get to do the comedy show, we'd go, yeah, fine. Yeah, a thousand okay. percent. Yeah. Isn't that fucking and crazy? We just, yeah. don't, we just don't want the word to get out about it. Cause I think kind of musicians really as well. Know. There's very few mus- musicians yep. I know that have any choice as to what they do. Whether they're yeah. successful or not, they go, yeah, well, just, this is who I am. Yeah, so the, so uh, uh, Keith Richards talked about that in his book where, where people say, like, oh, don't you want to take a break? Or, don't you want, it's like, or like when, he, when he goes on vacation, he plays guitar. And everyone's like, yeah. why don't you stop? He's like, no, I don't stop. This is what I do. 
do. Is who, yeah, it's, it's an it's, identity level thing. Well, yeah. Think, yeah, it is that weird thing of, I love that quote, find something you love doing and you'll never work again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely... Yeah, it's great. I think, uh, who said that? Was that? It was me just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. Attention. <laughs> I want to know Jimmy because Carr, I remember walking up to school and seeing, there was, I think, a couple elementary schools uh, on that hill. Hammersmith Hill, is that what it was? Walking up from oh, Camden Town? Havistock Hill. Havistock, yeah. And so there was uh, large groups of um, you know elementary school uh, British kids. And they seemed going to be a sexy story? Yep. Straddle up. Okay, <laughs> so, or take it out. So these, uh, they were always laughing in groups. These kids, and I was so mm-hmm. curious. I was like, and they seemed like I, I was just what they were laughing at. So I guess I'm uh, curious, like what you said. School was a blast. Like, what was it about growing up in England and like the, like at school at that time? What's funny? Like, what are you guys laughing about? What's well, I, I, I mean, and is that it's different? Very, thing? It's, it's kind of a difficult question because it feels to me like it was. It's all you had to be there. It's all like that. You know, it, mm-hmm, your your little sure. world. The idea that you, you first go to school and make your own friends. You're outside of your family. Yeah. And you're picking people based purely on... You're not picking your friends based on looks. You're picking them based on who makes you laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we've got to hang out more. Yeah. So you, that little click of people that... Oh, you've got the same sense of humor you like messing around and... But people on a whole say that, you know, like uh, comedy um, overseas is, you know, like, different than it is in the States, right? Like we're more hit, it, oh, hit you over the head with jokes and you guys are a little more subtle. You don't hear those comparisons no. ever? Yeah, nonsense. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's, uh, you know, I think people are, are desperate to find a difference. I don't totally. think there's, I play over here, it's virtually the same. I'd say the only difference between playing in Europe and America is occasionally an American cloud will get a little bit of applause happy. Mm. And they, they get, if they like a joke and they laugh, they will also clap. Yeah. In the UK, very, uh, well, certainly not for me. Right. They'll, they'll get to the end of the show and have a round of applause, but they'll just laugh the way through. Yeah, and then you go to, like, Japan, and they're, they're more silent, but then they're still appreciative like they'll come up to you afterward and just be like mm. that was the greatest thing ever it's like well why don't you why weren't you guys laughing because they because they think they're interrupting you so I, I should probably just say for the uh, for the listeners yeah uh, brad died in japan <laughs> <laughs> he had like awful awful gigs and we have to you know the way you have a child or dwarf in your life and you don't want them to be upset so you tell them a story it's like, you know, santa claus or jesus or whatever one of those kind of bullshit things is so that he's not upset. So we told him that, oh, no, Japanese people, at the end of the show, they, oh, no, they really enjoyed you. Yeah. No, a lot of them just, they will always walk out if they're really enjoying the show. They'll say, that's enough laughter for me. And then they'll, they'll I'm leave. <laughs> Wait, you guys did shows over there together? No, I was, no. Just, no. I was doing a bit. It's, a, it's sort of a comedy thing. <laughs> um, well, your acting is phenomenal. Do you act, <laughs> or do you, do you prefer to act comedy or host? Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like doing you know stand up's a fabulous thing, but it's a it feels like it's a it's a solo sport. Yeah, right? it's like mm-hmm. it's, it's tennis. Yeah, you're up there on your own. The audience is a part of that, and it's kind of at its best. It's a conversation. It feels like there's an ebb and a flow, but doing TV is like it's like a team sport, and it feels like it's like you arrived at a new school when you're hosting a show. So like you arrived at the new school on the first day. They went, "You're amazing. We're making you head boy." And you go, oh, thanks, thanks very much. And, and also, everyone loves you. We think you're the best, and we all want you to do great. And you go, this school's the best school ever. <laughs> and then, you know, so, so everyone's, everyone's kind of job is to make you look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything. yeah. It's so fabulous. And I've been very lucky with the teams that I work with that, you know, you just feel like You've hosted some, so supportive. I mean, a ton of shows. Some that I saw that I didn't even know. I mean, 100 people who look most like Jimmy Carr. That was a show? Uh, no, I think, you, I think you've misunderstood how Google works. These are... This That's is this is Carr has hosted Channel Four game shows, distraction. And your first in mind, he, oh, he presented the hundred series of programs for hundred yeah. worst. We did pop. like that. Uh, no. We did like a list show thing about gotcha. ten years ago, more maybe. Where we did like the hundred scariest movies, yeah. And then we'd write a joke about every fifth movie or sixth movie, and then those are do, fun, right? They were really fun to do. Actually, that kind of I was that was the, when I got famous. I did those shows and was quite overexposed. So one Christmas, there was like three of them on. They had like four-hour shows. They're kind of like the VH1 States yes. ones, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I Love the 90s and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But it was just me down the lens doing... Oh, just wow. you? Yeah. It wasn't loads of That's people. That's amazing. Me. So, and then you would just do... But it was lots of clips and things, so yeah. scary movies or whatever the thing was. And you would... Uh, you'd write all the gags, do it beyond for like, you know four hours and then there'd be another one on the next night and then suddenly I went from being oh you're the guy from the thing with the girl and the other to being oh you're Jimmy Carr wow you you're go. on TV too from those shows yeah. yeah those and then I did a thing called Your Face or Mine which was couples came on the show <laughs> and they had to judge each other's looks by their and then we'd bring on their exes 
or celebrities, and they, and they, all, they had to agree with the audience. They had to be realistic about their partner's Holy looks. Holy shit! Wow, was that a lot of fun? Uh, when, like, when you when you said like when you got famous, uh, was that a, like a drastic life change when people started recognizing no, you? No, it's kind of like, it's a it's a very natural state. It's mm-hmm. a weird thing where I think human beings, for I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of years, until maybe three thousand years ago, we lived in tribes. We yeah. lived mm-hmm. with. 60 or 80 people in a tribe everyone knew everyone and it was unusual weird to see a stranger hmm. so it's quite comforting to be recognized hmm. it's quite nice if you walk down the street and people go oh, hello hello hey how are you and it, it and also but if you're a comic they're quite well disposed towards you yeah. so you tend to meet people in quite a good mood yeah like yeah. occasionally you'll meet people and just go hello and they go oh you what are you like Oh, <laughs> because they're projecting a memory of kind of comedy on, right. onto you. It's the a la- yeah. The last time they saw you, yeah, you, they they were laughing. So that's kind of like that's a nice. Pavlov dog thing. Yeah. yeah. Is there a, is there a place in? Because uh, you live in England currently, yeah. Yeah. Um, in a condo. In a condo. <laughs> but it's a very nice condo. Is there a, sure. pla- is there a place? <laughs> I sleep in an enormous drawer. <laughs> it's like an open top drawer. I don't know how you would describe it. Well, that's with how like you do it. Yeah. With like a headboard. <laughs> is it one of those ones that you have to pull out or you can press it and then it opens on its own? Oh, we have we have all of those. Yeah, don't worry about that. <laughs> don't you worry about that. I saw uh, when I was studying abroad there, Ross Noble. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I know Ross He's well. a big... I was blown away when I... I think most of that show was... Imp- all improvised, yeah. maybe, right? Sometimes he's got like set, like a Some couple stock. of set pieces yeah. within the show, but he often doesn't get to them. I mean, he's a remarkable okay. performer. I just, yeah, I just wanted to. He's make amazing. Sure. I he's thought very, it was. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's kind of your. I think if people know Noel Fielding and the Mighty Boosh, that they would like Ross. He's that kind of flavor. I mean, yeah. I love him. Uh, when there, you uh, when, when you started becoming starting to be being being comedian. Uh, were your friends surprised, or were they, or were they like, oh no, that's what you should be doing? I think they thought I was quite mad. Really? Like most of my friends have got kind of, well, my friends from college certainly have got pretty good jobs. You know, pretty, you know, they were all doing very well at that kind of age, kind of mid mm-hmm. twenties, getting on, doing stuff. So they're like, like Jimmy, you know what? I think you? they thought. I, I think Jimmy's having a bit of a crisis. I think he's maybe he's he's driving around the country telling jokes to people. He doesn't have a job. Like there was a bit of wow, genuine kind of when you wow, when you really sure. say it like that, it can sound kind of crazy. He's just yeah, yeah. driving around telling jokes to for, people for no money, and especially for, for when, no money at all. Right. And he he, he doesn't see, he said he's not going to get a job. He's just going to do this. <laughs> he's just going to write, and he was writing silly jokes. And he told me one of them, and I thought it was weird. And you know, a genuine concern. Now I think people they, they have that opinion because they didn't grow up with comedian friend, right? I mean, like somebody that was doing it and making it look tangible. I, and it wasn't like I knew anyone else that had ever done it. It's yeah. not like I'd had any exposure at all, uh, you know, to anyone in the media or TV or right. Well, I mean, I'm most of if I had, if I'd met someone when I was eighteen or nineteen that yeah, worked yeah. in TV as a TV producer, I'd have gone, "Yeah, I'll do that." So that you had no amazing. connections whatsoever, right? None. I didn't yeah. know anyone. Yeah, it's wow. it's that thing where the only the only comedians you're really exposed to when you're not in the business are extremely successful ones. Yeah, so you well, don't. I think, and I think you're quite right as well. When you go and see, yeah. I don't know Kevin Hart in a sixteen thousand seat venue, which might be someone that's listening to this, you know, a young person went with their family. It was incredible. Yeah, sixteen thousand people eating out of the palm of his hand. What an incredible thing! I could never do that. And you're absolutely right. Yeah, you could never do that. Mm-hmm. But if you go to the Chuckle Hut on a Tuesday night. Or like a little place above a bar, and you know, so you've got to get so into comedy before you see someone at the level where you go, "I could do that." Yeah, yeah. And what was that for you? Like it was like going to little places, uh, sort of around uh, around Islington. You'd know the areas of uh, you know in Soho, going to these little clubs in in like kind of tiny bars, and they put on comedy shows. A bit of a boom in comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, that guy was amazing. That guy, ah, uh, yeah. I think I could maybe I could probably do that. Now, now your style, like uh, the one-liners that you write, I mean, they're on the edgy side. You talk about some taboo topics. Was that always your intent? No, I, I started pretty clean. I started really? like I started much much cleaner, and then I think it just you get closer to your real sense of humor the longer you do this. There's less of an edit. There's less of oh, that's maybe a joke, for my friends, and this is mm-hmm. uh, and you know, you, joke for the, for did, the stage. Did you always like sort of blue jokes? Yeah, it's a weird thing to call them. Blip. I mean, uh, yeah, I, lo- I think that's the funniest stuff. I, I yeah. always just try and write. I mean, the audience decides ultimately if it's too much, but it's that thing of going, well, why wouldn't you joke about that? That's the, there's a lot of, easy, it's an easy topic. Anything that's edgy, it feels like there's a lot of tension around, and the right. release of tension is kind of what laughter's about. Yeah. Even in, in a microcosm, in every one-liner, you're telling a story, 
telling two stories, really. The setup is one story, and mm. in the setup, you're making people make an assumption that turns out to be erroneous in the punchline. Yeah. It's the sudden revelation of a previously concealed fact. And that idea that you go, well, if you start off with something in a setup that's everyone's a bit tense and uptight and thinking in one way, and then you can turn it on a sixpence and, you know, do something else with it, it's a bigger laugh. You love that, yeah? Yeah. Where, uh, is there any uh, ever been a time where you've um, said a one-liner that you've then immediately had some remorse over and been like, oh, shit, that might have killed, but, like, it actually made me feel a little, or never? No, I think if it gets a laugh, fine. Yeah. The, audi- yeah. the audience, I think, is, I love that Lenny Bruce thing. The audience is a genius. Yeah. They're the arbiter of taste and funny. Mm-hmm. They decide what is and what isn't acceptable and what is and what isn't funny, and that, yeah. that'll do for me. So you think if it'd be wrong to ever get combative with an audience and be like, like you know, some comics will be like, fuck you, that's funny. Like, why didn't you laugh at that? You're never- talking about Joe DeRosa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say his name. That's mean. Yeah. That's great no, comedy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, the, yeah. Have you ever done a joke that's gone, that's got, that, that's got you in trouble? Yeah, yeah, a lot, yeah. An awful lot. I did one recently. I was on this TV, genuinely just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. I was on a TV show in the UK called The One Show. Early evening, seven in the evening, like a news kind of current affairs show. Yeah. Right. And you go on it to promote the tour. They get huge viewing awesome. figures. So you go on. And they said, oh, tell us a joke. And, and the guy really kind of put me on the spot. It's a live show. I'm there with Rod Stewart. And they said, tell, it, tell us a joke. And I went, you know, it's going to be clean and it's got to be pithy. Yeah. So I said, dwarf shortage. That's <laughs> <laughs> the, the quickest joke I know. Dwarf shortage. Uh, dwarf shortage. Yeah. And then I, it's a two-word joke. And then, and then I said, uh, I, I could see the host kind of going, ooh. And I said, if, if anyone's offended by that at home, grow up. <laughs> <laughs> and we got complaints about it. but like and, uh, That joke? They upheld the complaints about it because it was early evening. And they said not only yeah. did he make the joke, but he also made a, a remark afterwards. Yeah, uh, that's know, yeah, called, called a tag. Yeah, called a tag. Yeah. What's De- what we do? Denigrating the, the struggle of the itty-bitty <laughs> people or whatever the fuck. Itty-bitty or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> did but any the, dwarves call in? Like, yeah. how, did it heighten the the cause? Did it heighten the cause? <laughs> Easy, Jared. Easy. Dare him. But that thing of uh, no, it's a it's a weird thing, I suppose. Uh, you know, when you get when someone complains about that, because you kind of go, well, you know what? If you're going to be offended by that, good luck. Yeah, yeah. I'm not for you. No, no, and because yeah, like you say, like, wow, I've got other stuff. Like you did. That joke is insane. Like, not offensive at all. So mm-hmm. the people that got offended that they wouldn't like your live show. If if a two word well, dwarf joke, there, there is a height requirement. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Do you think there's yeah. something too where people like maybe the play on words goes over their head and they get pissed that they didn't pick over up their on head? It? I get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like where they didn't pick up on it. Like some people just aren't good listeners or whatever, and the, you know that, that's a very clever play on words with those. Well, no, I don't. I, no, I don't think so. I think it's. I think it's often the case that the people that complain about a joke are actually people that are in a. Uh, they're a m- member of a, any kind of s- group within society. Yeah. And they have a job to publicize the effect of that, you know, the, the, the problem. So they, they say, let's say it's a pressure group for um, small people in the UK. And they mm-hmm. say, we want to stop bullying in schools for small people. And we, we want to, you know, so they go after the comedian because it's a very right. obvious, quick thing to do. And right? yeah. to say, but they're not actually offended. They're just going, this is great for our cause. We'll get a piece in the paper. They, right. have, to, yeah. they have to justify their existence. Because if they don't get upset about certain sure. things like that, then why are they needed? They're not. So I'm, uh, I'm curious about something. Uh, the same way that Is like guys and what they'd feel like. <laughs> yep. Can okay. You, oh, he's not curious. He knows. <laughs> uh, is it uh, when Princess Di uh, passed away? Right. I'm mm. curious. Like in, when 9/11 happened in the states, you know, like you hear comedians David mm. Cross, Greg Giraldo, they would talk about like people like people would come out to comedy clubs almost like a couple days after right because they just wanted to heal they wanted to laugh they wanted to kind of like escape mm-hmm. was you know obviously that was a huge tragedy like was it was there a similar uh, response it's, it's weird the only one that i've come across there, there is there is one uh, the place that i've noticed it most is south africa okay so Ooh. in the uk diana not a problem you could absolutely talk about that because the the outpouring of grief was so and the media attention that it got was so within like three days it was so overpowering yeah it was a very sad event, yeah. but it wasn't like, it felt like, yeah, a woman died in a car crash, that's an awful thing, but the country's losing its mind. And I think it was because it was the Jungian archetype. I think it's the, yeah. she was the tragic, unhappy princess in a tower that we all, people, re- it, that resonates all with everyone. Rescue. That's part yeah. of our collective unconscious yeah. Yeah. memory. That's why it was such a huge thing. Uh, and so it was fine to joke about that. The only place I've really noticed it was South Africa. You cannot really do a Nelson Mandela joke. I mean, it's just well, not a... Th- or a Winnie Mandela joke. 
you can. Who's Winnie? Is that the Winnie Mandela's the wife? Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, because that I mean, he ended apartheid. Like he ended, he changed everything. So he's he's deity there. Has anyone tried? Have you heard examples of people that there tried? is one? There is one topic in the UK that's that's kind of the same. I think there's a we had a football tragedy in it was awful football tragedy called Hillsborough where uh, many many people lost their lives in a crush and it's an it's a non you yeah. couldn't do a joke about that and rightly so I think you know it's a, a lot of people feel like there was no justice for the victims and you mm-hmm. know they blamed them for pushing or whatever so it was a that that's another thing that I think you just you wouldn't want to go there and the audience is ultimately always the arbiter the audience tell you immediately yeah. so I'm sure people have tried and the audience just would go, no no it's not for us thanks because I do, you do hear comics say like nothing's off limits and I'm like I mean well, I think well, there are exceptions. I suppose you mm-hmm. would have to have an angle on it that has to be. Yeah. You'd have to say something so funny and so yeah. so brilliant that everyone yeah. would go, "No, okay, that's a really." That's and that great. is possible. You've heard. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think you know the the stuff that. Um, you know, I don't joke about race particularly. It's not. It's, it's much more taboo in the UK yeah. to joke about race than it is here. Yeah. Even doing the Opie and Anthony show earlier, uh, mm-hmm. not the Opie and Anthony, Opie and Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, Anthony. Let's talk about race. <laughs> uh, but the idea that you you can you people are openly talking about, you know. Jews and blacks in a way that mm-hmm. really feel it makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because really? my tradition is not that's not a thing. Oh really? And here it's And do you like when that like when that happens, do you do you just not chime in because you that's yeah, like, I'm, not I'm your wheelhouse? Like, it's not my yeah, it's not my not my thing. Interesting. Uh, and then, now but, you, but then you know, you you see Chris Rock talk about it or, right. or you see Jim uh, Jim Jeffries talk about it and you go, Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine for them. Mm-hmm. But they, they had an angle, they had something to say. Yeah. Do you uh do you ever look at a topic that's sort of taboo and like look at it as a challenge to yourself like I wonder if I can make this funny or do you just write whatever comes to your head no it's whatever comes into my head whatever I'm yeah happens to be in the news or thinking about that day or you know so based on your act you think about pedophiles a good 75% well, of the day weird, actually that, that has another <laughs> as another as another area of like they are the the, the, the boogeyman mm-hmm. they're the they're the kind of the monster in the closet kind of in our society yeah i'm sure they can't be any more prevalent than they ever were yeah but the idea that yeah. you go it's it's a terrifying threat mm-hmm. at all times it's like the creepiest thing right and, and but like that that that's just what you were writing about like you didn't sit down and go i'm gonna write a great no no it's like they're just joke. too easy to write <laughs> <laughs> you know, a line of least resistance how, yeah. how many jokes like when you're um like gonna do a, a late night set like you've done conan a bunch right yeah, I did the Tonight Show last month. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, how many? Will you rehearse that set a bunch? Will you just kind of write a, no, I, a thousand I, jokes and then pick the best ones? Or no, no, no. I'll okay. I'll, uh, I'll just take take jokes from my current tour show, but gotcha. it's like eighteen jokes. Mm. It's a very weird thing doing the Tonight Show for me. I was chatting to Dimitri about this the other day. How some comics are like, you know, I went on the road and I practiced and I honed that four and a half yeah. minutes and got it right. For us, it's like if you're a one-liner comic, you go, yeah. Four and a half minutes, okay. Eighteen gags, maybe nineteen, just in case for tie get the timing wrong on something. Wow! Mm-hmm. Boom, done. And is there how long a- that take? Four minutes. God, that's we're doing it wrong. It's a cut and paste. That's fucking, yeah, but I mean, then there's an order to those eighteen. No, or, or is yeah, it- like a little bit, but yeah. I mean, not you know, you wouldn't need to be. So I went and ran that in New York a couple of times at the cellar. But huh. one thing, I, one thing I like about uh, your one-liners is even though you're telling jokes that aren't true in that like like they're autobiographical like when when you say my girlfriend like it's yeah. not but you when when you're I'll done all them about your girlfriend yeah <laughs> <laughs> but like when you're done i still feel like i know who you are as a person whereas some one liner comics i don't feel like i know them it's at all it's a weird thing that like you get a general sense of something kind of comes through in the yeah. in the ether of it or just chatting to people and they get a feeling of oh this guy's just yeah it's weird Mm-hmm. You, uh, what was the first joke you remember um, writing or doing on TV or doing in a special that you just remember going like, I I, oh, that's quintessential Jimmy Carr? Um, Is that a difficult question to answer? No, no. I remember writing a joke uh, that was, uh, I, I, you know, I'd like to take this opportunity to recommend Korean food to each and every one of you. Their delicacies are the dog's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how well that translates in North America, but not bad by it, your reaction. It, but I remember writing no, that and good. going, it's good. oh, that would work anywhere. That's just like I remember my friend Daniel saying to me, "Oh, that 
do that in 20 years that'll still work it's still it's a fun little yeah very quick yeah mm-hmm. like it just works do you have bits like that that you've done tw- i mean because you, you've been doing stand well, for how long yeah i've been doing stand maybe 15 years now uh maybe a bit longer maybe 16 years so obviously you're trying to i mean always write and out with the old and with the new but i mean like you just well, said no, there's I, stuff you can't hold on to well i'm i'm doing at the moment i'm doing uh in the uk i'm just launching a, i'm doing a best of tour that's incredible. So I'm, doing, I'm taking like so 10 minutes from each of the specials, my favorite 10 minutes, wow. and doing a two-hour show where I just play the hits like I'm the Rolling Stones. <laughs> That's fucking brilliant. It's, it, well, I mean, I've done the previews, and it's yeah. going great. Like, Because no one goes, heard it, or tell us some new jokes. It's like, because there's a big thing behind me saying the ultimate, it's called the ultimate best of Golden Greats Hits Tour. <laughs> That's, that's like is fantastic. that a working title or is that yeah, it? I, no it's something like that it's yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the the best of ultimate gold greatest hit store that's incredible what a great idea because I always think of that like when, when I hear like Louis say like once I get that hour now I'm done with it whatever I'm just like you know I mean I'm I nine it, years I in so I can't I it would work as well on storytelling because you know that you're right. if you've got a 10 minute story and there's one big turn at the end and right. you know it ah, you're right good luck you're right yeah. I was chatting to David Cross about this last night because I was saying I Were think you, you there? can still tour after you've done the Netflix special you went I don't think you can if you're doing a 12 minute bit and it's got one brilliant line at the end right. and you've all that set up and then the release if you know where it's going uh, he's yeah, kind of right whereas if you're a one liner guy yeah. you go you're not going to remember all of these I barely remember them yeah. right and then even, even if you do it's going to be over in 30 seconds and, there's another and, one. You'll, and, you'll, and you'll get a new well, one the amazing thing I found doing the first couple of previews was people just were convinced that they, there was new stuff People come up to you that I've seen you 10, 10 years in a row and yeah. will go, really enjoy the show, some, some classics in there. And quite a lot of new stuff I noticed. You go, no, none of that was new. It's all been on my spot. And they went, no, but quite a lot. No, actually, there was quite a lot of new stuff. And you go, no, no. They're arguing you about yeah. your yeah, material. Of course. Yeah. Well, something from being John Malkovich. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. pretty sure you're in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because like, I mean, in a 90-minute show, a one-liner comic will do... Jeez, how many jokes? Like, so, like, and three hundred maybe. Yeah, and they're not going to remember all. They're not going to remember no. all of them. That and and, you, and I love that you make no like you're not trying to fake it. You're gonna be like, it might be new material. Like, no, you're telling them this is yeah. jokes that I've written before. Well, that, the frustrating thing at the moment is writing new material. I'm writing quite a lot of the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's for the next tour. It doesn't start for like two years. It doesn't. Holy it's shit. like wow. No, actually, probably three years. Why three years? Because you're going well, to run. Well, because I've got a tour the UK that takes about two years. Because I'll do 200 shows. Maybe There's that many spots shows. in the UK, huh? Yeah, well, some cities I would do because I like to play like a one or two thousand seater. So mm-hmm. I won't play the bigger rooms. I'll just do that, but I'll do it maybe five times in somewhere like Cambridge or Reading. I'll just play multiple gigs. It's amazing. Is and it? go to every town in the UK and Ireland, and then I've got Australia to do, and then the rest of the world. Europe, there, America. Is there a country? I mean, probably bias hometown, but I mean, is there a place that just absolutely is gargling Jimmy Carr juice? Uh, <laughs> By the way, that's the end of your few, next special. <laughs> there's a few places that are very special to play. Liverpool is one of them. It's like an amazing town to do comedy. Because yeah. if you get them there, it really feels like, especially on a Saturday night, it's like the perfect town or uh, Glasgow. Is it, you know, Before, if you yeah. get them on a Saturday Is again, it because they don't have a lot of entertainment or comedy? No, it's because they, they just really... They... they the importance attached to a sense of humor in those towns is so high that their the collective pride in their sense of humor is so crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like doing the? Um, we've got about eight more minutes. Is that cool? Are you good on time? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do like Found and the uh, the Tonight Show or Conan, um, do you uh, meet with them? How important is it to you that like they? Like that, you become I don't know, get chummy with them pre-show, or that they like I, your stuff, I, I or just, does that? You know, I mean, doing Fallon recently, I just thought it was, um, yeah, he seems like a really nice kid, and I think it's nice that he gets to meet me. <laughs> I just felt like a, I felt like you know what, you were doing it wor- for him. This guy works hard; he deserves this. <laughs> <laughs> now, are, now, are you making any kind of conscious effort to, because uh, to expand more in the in in the United States, like have another U.S. show? Not so much. I I signed up with a. An agent last year in Montreal. I met this guy uh, Max uh, Burgos out of. That's my uh, guy, APA. APA. I yeah. just love him. He's great. And, and he kind of said, "Look, I think you should be doing more. I think you haven't really done much here, and it's you know." He's spot on with that, and yeah, he should. And he just. It feels like actually that relationship is quite important, and he kind of said, "Well, you know, you should do more, and let's get you out a couple of times and do some stuff." So he's really kind of pushing me, and I really like it. It feels feels to me like after you've been in this game, I don't know, fifteen years, whatever it's been. I know it's, we're very privileged and it's an amazing job, but sometimes you can get, it can get a bit samey. You know, if I'm gigging in the UK for two years, sure. doing my thing, I'm there on my own all the time. Coming to festivals, 
traveling, doing this thing, keeping it fresh. Yeah. Making it feel like, oh, it's, this is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And doing it in a new city, right? I mean, you said yeah. you've never been to Austin? No, never been and to Austin. And the shows, uh, your shows have been, what, you have one tonight, right? Uh, no, I'm just doing a spot tonight, but I had one last night, which I really enjoyed. And it was yeah. great, huh? Um, I mean, not for me to say, but <laughs> wink. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was really fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I saw you in Montreal, I selfishly was like, you know, letting went to like look at your tour dates and like didn't like I have, a, you know, I'm from Seattle. So like my folks and all my friends, I was, you know, telling about you. Some of them would know of you from the distraction mm-hmm. stuff. And then, yeah, see on this, I'm like, oh, not anytime sooner are you going up there. And it was like, I was like, oh, man, I wonder when I that's... I think I might, you know, t- sort of 2018 is what I'm thinking about. I might try and do every state in the Union. That's what I was thinking. That's I'd love to really travel you should. America yeah, and, and see a bit more of it. I, I love it as a country. It's, it's kind of, you know... Would you ever think about doing some sort of like cross-country documentary on, uh, you know, fish out of water? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But Would then, you know, I, what I would need is dwarf carry-on. <laughs> I know a guy. Those are pricey. <laughs> yeah. I know that a guy. That guy from Game of Thrones seems super funny. There <laughs> you Wow. Are you trying uh, to... A Dinklage yeah. reference. Yeah. Uh, That's the one thing that sets Brad up. Uh, is, like, between hosting comedy, like, is... He genuinely, though, seems like a really funny guy. Dinklage? Like, yeah, I think he's... I think he could be a stand-up. He's like... He just seems naturally funny. He doesn't seem to have to force it. The vein is really about funny. to pop out. All right. Seems like a really funny... <laughs> Jimmy, I've, I, I've, I've taken a lot of your no, shit. No, but he... he Oh wow! I can't believe this is a, this is a thing. Is it? it's, a, it's a real thing. Yeah, it's a real. Thing. We're competitive. He doesn't know who I am, but we're, but we're very competitive. Yeah, sure. it's better that way. One day they'll meet. Yeah. One day they'll meet below the knee. Sure. But like uh, I would between... not want to be at that pantomime. <laughs> I'm just like between all the the hosting and stand up and acting is is there something you haven't done yet? Yeah, that you want to do. Uh, Write a book. Voiceover. I wrote a book about jokes with, uh, years ago. That's kind of a, that was a fun thing to do. Just, I wrote just, a how, just how to write a joke, or no? It was, it was sort of the history and psychology and uh, anthropology of jokes. It's quite. Hmm. It's kind of. A, it was a little bit of a, a tiny bit intellectual, I suppose. It was like it wasn't like a, at the time the vogue in the UK was to do kind of celebrity biographies. Yeah, mm-hmm. just talk about your childhood. And I, I got a book deal and went. No, I really want to do something that's fun about something that I care about. Yeah, and I care about jokes. I know it's weird, but I do. Do you consider yourself a? Sm- I mean, you have to be smart to be in comedy, would you say? Like, I, d- I don't know. No, I mean, you know, I think that look at those lovely blue collar guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I think there's a certain level of you have to be good with words. I don't. I mean, there's different kinds of. Yeah. Inter- some people would be terrible at stand up, but they're astrophysicists. Yeah. Let's not get carried away with ourselves. I think we're obviously going to use our marker as well. I mean, if you judge intelligence by the ability to make people laugh, we are very, very bright. Right. Yes, but no one is judging it like that. Um, than us. You don't have kids right now? Hmm? You don't have kids right now, do you? Or do you? What now? Have kids? No, my, my girlfriend and I can't have uh, children the, the way we do it. <laughs> In what way is that? In- with the clothes on? Amazing. Anal? In the butt, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to see if... For, 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 a comedian, to... for a comedian, it really feels like jokes really kind of knock you for six. <laughs> it's like, why well, he's done another bloody joke. I can't take this guy seriously. No, no, I wanted to hear you say anal in that fun accent you, looked, you have. You looked so kind of... yeah. Oh, shit, I've said the wrong thing. No, I, no I knew what it was. Come on, I'm with you. <laughs> Are you sure? I wanted to hear you say anal in that lovely accent. I want to hear you say anal. Freaky. <laughs> wow. Freaky. Spy curious again. You need something for the spank bank later. Oh. Sure. <laughs> um, so, no kids. No kids. But no. is that something, like you mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, needing stuff like that for, like, material. Well, I, you so know, what? I was, I, I saw Judd Apatow do stand-up the other day. Yeah. And I thought mm-hmm. it was really good. A lot of and I really kids. liked the idea that maybe in 10 years' time, I would try and do some observational comedy. Hmm. Maybe I would just try and switch it up and, like, not on tour, maybe, just uh, maybe just some club dates and just talk about my life. Because I've got some kind of showbiz anecdotes that I never, t- I would never dream of telling on stage. What about right. on a podcast right now? <laughs> Let's save yeah. it. All right. when the, 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 this is where the big bucks are, right? Yeah. <laughs> Podcasts and hotel lobbies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, we would love to hear those stories. Yeah. So I, I encourage that uh, that idea for that show. I think it might be quite a fun thing to do at some stage. Maybe just to try and switch up styles. Yeah. Sure. It's one more challenge for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, comedy is always evolving. Why sh- I mean, we should kind of change with the times, yeah? Nice. Constant challenges. I mean, yeah. it's easy for you, Brad, because anything on a shelf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
are you on uh, social media at all? Is there? I'm on. I'm on Twitter. Yeah. I don't tweet mm. an awful lot. Really, I feel like that would be a great. Like Brad uses Twitter a lot to test one liners, and yeah. I feel yeah, like I feel like it's giving them away. And I, yeah. I kind of I did it. I used to do sort of three a day every day. I used to do a lot. Yeah, mm. I've got a lot of Twitter followers, but you feel like you know what? It's it's giving stuff away, and people right. are kind of. A, People are kind of dicks about it. People, you, you put jokes up there and they just go, yeah, it's a dad joke. Yes, because anything edgy I'm going to use in my act or if it's super good, I'll keep it. Yeah. Right. And then people pay to see me and that's what I do for a living. Yeah. It's so like, they just kind of throw away stuff and they go, oh, boring, <laughs> don't like. All right. Unfollow me maybe? I don't yeah, know. yeah. You have a choice in this matter. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what about on Instagram or uh, Facebook? Just to promote shows? No. no, I'm kind of... I think the Instagram thing's really interesting. I think it's not quite appearing in Us Weekly but it's it's close I think you're letting people in mm-hmm. to an area of your life where you go but there has to be a division of private and public life yeah and if you start you know maybe a picture of the dog every now and then on Twitter but do you need to show them the inside of your house and your car and it and feels you, a bit and the body like or I the see, crib yeah or the crib <laughs> or the music box that puts you to sleep in there sort of like jail <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting out. Yeah, no. he's gotten cogblocked by a baby gate before. Yeah. Well, because yeah, uh, I I was. It, it's a bit my act, but I I went. I got to a woman's house who had a kid, and she and she had the baby gate up, and I couldn't get over it, so I couldn't get back to the bedroom. <laughs> well, that is funny and sad. <laughs> I was stuck, and I and I I, I, I wasn't going to ask for help. No. You know, because that's kind of demasculating. You're like, hey, before I fuck you, can you just <laughs> lift, give me a little boost? Wow. Yeah. That must be, I mean, I feel sorry for the kid as well when it walks in on you with its mum. And, and the kid goes, mommy, I want to play with it. <laughs> Jimmy, thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you so You're the much. Man. This was a real. It's very big of me. <laughs> Subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast. Give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.